Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. We have a really amazing story for you today. I'm very excited to interview Kurt Kuntz, who is the author of the book, A Million Steps. After retiring early from his job as a successful sales executive for a Fortune 500 technology company, Kurt Kuntz volunteered in his community and traveled all across Europe and North America. He never considered writing a book until he walked nearly 500 miles across Spain in 2012. Those million steps were so compelling that he returned home and began writing and speaking about his life-changing adventures. And again, the name of the book is A Million Steps. Welcome, Kurt. Patricia, thank you so much for having me on your program today. Yeah, you know, I, I think, I guess what I want to know is why you would do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing feat. It's, an, it's amazing. I mean, what, what was the motivation it's probably the most common question that I receive, and to me, it's pretty crystal clear. And I've taken adventures like this before in my life, and I find that when I step outside of my comfort zone, that that is when I grow as a person. So in taking a look at this particular trip, everything I did over there was completely outside of my comfort zone. This may surprise you, but I'm not much of a hiker. I'm, I'm pretty athletic and fit, but, but hiking is not really my deal. Um, I don't speak the language. When I travel, I usually travel in comfort. When you walk the Camino de Santiago, uh, you sleep in bunk beds and hostels with strangers. And what what my goal was, was literally to, to put myself in an arena where everything was outside of my comfort zone, and that's when I kind of lean over the edge and, and look down. That's where I get personal growth, and that's exactly why I went. Mm. And what do you think that did for you, Kurt? I mean, stepping out of that comfort zone and doing something you would never do, what, what was the effect of that? Oh, this trip changed me in so many ways that that we don't have enough time to talk about it. But um, a, a couple of uh, a couple of the highlights were this. Number one, before the trip, I have always endeavored in my life to understand what living in the now is, and I, I really tried to get there. And I know that I I know that I've been there, but it, it just didn't really make sense. This trip made it crystal clear. And just imagine this, Patricia. 
every day, nothing is scripted. You don't know where you're going to walk, where you're going to stay, who you're going to walk with, what you're going to eat, and if your body is going to be able to hold out throughout the day. In that environment, you have no time whatsoever to think about yesterday or to worry about tomorrow. And to me, that's what living in the now is. You then spend 30 or 45 days in that arena, which is about the normal amount of time it takes most people to walk the trail, and it really gels in your head what it is about. So coming home, I'm really cognizant of when I'm wandering into my past, and I always ask myself, what am I doing here? Am I learning or am I, am I hanging on to some kind of an anvil that's dragging me down? And same with the future. Um, we all need practical planning for the future, but you know, do I really need to worry about things that are, you know, haven't even happened and, and probably won't? And the answer is no. So it really allowed me to focus on living in the now, which is where I want to be. I hear that. I think the, the issue for a lot of us, whether we're in business or whether we have health issues or relationship issues, um, you know, what advice do you give to people who need to plan? In other words, you, you need to, because you, you need to plan so that uh, you can prevent things from happening or making sure that they happen. And then what happens is we're thinking ahead a lot. Yeah, well, it's another very good and very common question that I get, and my response to it is uh, it's not necessarily what everybody's going to like, but the response is you need to learn to let go, and you need to understand that there really are so few things that you control in this world, and the more that you let go of those things, the smoother things seem to work out. Now, I'm not advocating that... You know, that you go to Vegas tomorrow morning and you take the children's college fund and put on Red 21. Obviously, that's insane. We all need to have practical planning for the future. And you need to pay the rent and you need to, to have food in the cupboard. And you need to, to, to certainly plan things out. But do you really need to worry about what's going to happen, you know, four or five years down the road? I mean, what, what in your life is happening today that you thought would happen five years ago. And I would challenge everybody to say, not much. And uh, so just keep that in perspective. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, So let me tell the listeners um, about Kurt. Kurt Coons thought he was well-prepared for his 490-mile walking trip on the historic Camino de Santiago pilgrimage route to Spain. He was fit and strong. He had a good guidebook and all the right equipment. His pilgrim passport would grant him access to the shelter of hostels along the way. But all that, however helpful, did not begin to encompass the grandeur of his external or internal venture. A million miles steps and climbs over the high meadows of the Pyrenees, quests through the unceasing wind of the Mesesa, and dances in the rains of Galicia. While following the yellow arrows that mark the route, Kurt Kuntz also navigates through his personal history of addiction, recovery, and love. With outgoing humor and friendliness, he embraces the beauty of the countryside and joyful connections to other pilgrims from around the world. Part diary, part travelogue, a million steps is a journey within a journey, all the way from the Cathedral de Santiago to Compostela and beyond. 
You know, one of the things I'm going to ask, Kurt, is um, about the beauty of the Camino. And I'm also going to ask him how he navigated when it was pouring or, um, you know, when the conditions weren't good and how he worked through that. Because I think that that's really an, an important question. And, um, and a little bit about this whole idea of travel in terms of adventure travel. Because a lot of people are adverse to that, and some people love adventure travel. And um, this book, this book is very interesting. Um, you can get it by going on to his website, KurtKunz.com, K-U-R-T-K-O-O-N-Z-T-Z.com. And again, it's Kurt, K-O-O-N-T-Z.com. And it's really under the travel section under walks and hikes. That was really great. Now, the question I have that I told the listeners I'd ask you is how you handled the tough weather when it was raining, when it was cold, or when it was hot. I mean, how did you handle that? You know, um, it, it's, again, just part of the, the, the entire trip where you just have to, you just have to go with it. There's nothing you can do to change it. And so when it rains, you can sit there and you can kind of complain and go, gosh, it's wet and it's bad and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable and it's not what I'm used to. Or you can try to look at the positive side of it and say, wow, look at how it's changed the landscape. Maybe it's allowed me to take a better photograph or, or whatever it is. So, um, since you can't change it, you have to accept it. And when you accept it, uh, it seems to just all work out. And so the weather, I guess the strangest part for me, I went through a four or five day period where I had gale force winds and I've never experienced that in my life. And it was a little bit challenging, but uh, um, again, if you fight it, it's a drag. If you let it go, it's a great time. Mm-hmm. Talk about the Camino Trail. It's an amazing trail. People have been walking on this particular path for 1,300 years, and a million people did it in the Middle Ages, and since then, another million people have done it. It started out as a very religious walk in the Middle Ages. It was purely a Christian pilgrimage, and it's believed that the bones of St. James, who is an apostle of Jesus, reside at the cathedral. So people walked all throughout Europe to this cathedral in order to seek penance from St. James. As you fast forward to today, there certainly are a large number of people that do it for religious reasons. There's a number of people like myself that tend to be a little more spiritual. And there's also some people that just want the physical challenge. But whatever it is, this trail right now is on fire. There were, I think, 5,000 people did it in 1985, uh, 20,000 in 1995, 100,000 in 2005, and 200,000 people from around the globe did it in 2010. Wow. So it's a, you are not alone is what you're saying. Oh, you're not alone at all. It's not like walking down a Manhattan sidewalk. I mean, it's not bumper to bumper people. And if you, I went alone, and I would say 80 80 to 85% of the people I met also arrived alone. But you're never alone. And it it really felt like the, the, the bonds of the relationship that you have when you arrive there, they're immediate. And it just feels like one big family kind of walking each other home to the cathedral in Santiago. 
So, you know, there's a film called The Way starring Martin Sheen about the Camino. Would you say that's an accurate portrayal of the experience? Yeah, I would say it's very good. Uh, There's a couple things. I would say that the, the, The Way, which is an awesome movie... They use the Camino as a stage for a very, very good drama. And if you haven't seen the show, I would really recommend you watch it. There's another movie that is just now being released called Walking the Camino, Six Ways to Santiago. And that's done by a woman named Lydia Smith. Lydia walked the Camino in 2008. She went back in 2009, and she took three film crews, and they came home with 300 hours of footage. They 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 distilled that down to an 84-minute film, which is a pure documentary, which really gives you a flavor of the Camino. Mm, wow. So would you recommend this to people or to just certain people? What, what, what would you say, Kurtz? I would say I would recommend this trail to every person I've ever met and every person I ever will meet. And the reason I say that, Patricia, I met people from the youngest person I met, and these are obviously extremes. I met a two-year-old, and I met an 82-year-old. And from every age in between that area, I do not know a single person whose life was not changed by walking this trail. And I do a lot of public speaking, and inevitably after the speech, somebody comes up to me and tells me about when they had walked. And my question is, do you still think about it? And they get a little glean in their eye, and the answer is every day. Mm. So for whatever it is, I would say if you walk this trail, it's likely to change the outlook for the rest of your entire life. So I'm an advocate that everybody does this. Mm. Now, when you speak in public, what's the core message that you uh, want people to get? The core message is really where we started out here, and it's just be very careful of, of getting sucked into the routines of life. And I read a book a while ago that I just love. It said that if you want to know what's going to happen in your life in the next 30 days, just take an inventory of what happened in the previous 30 days because it's likely to repeat over and over and over. And again, when you, when you, when that happens to you, and it happens to me, I'm not preaching it, it's happened to me a lot. But it doles you, and you almost get to a point where your life is on autopilot or you're, you're sleepwalking through life, and you're just kind of going through the motions. When you put yourself in these unfamiliar areas, you, you really, it's like grabbing the stick and flying the plane again, and that is absolutely the core message. So what you're encouraging is people to get out of their routines and Very don't just much. always do the same thing and play it safe but really yeah. stretch out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and, and a lot of people, they say, well, hey, that's there? great that you, they, they say, that's great you were able to take that trip, but, you know, we don't have the time or, or we don't have the, the money to take a trip like that. And my advice is you can make your own Camino every day. You can drive home from work a different route. You can go to a bookstore and buy a cookbook and make what's on page 49. Just always try to vary up your routines. All right. So, yes, and that, you know, I have found that to be so true in my life. It does make a huge difference because it gives you almost like a new perspective, a new lease on life, even if it's small. Yeah, you know, even you know, if you're if you're a little older, go to a community college and 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 find a subject and take a night class. 
uh, study something you've never known about. Just always, you know, go outside of, uh, of what you normally do, and, and you'll find that, that it's a very awakening experience. Hmm. All right, I want to say something from your book. One of your chapters is called Singing, and one is called Flowers. Explain those. Yeah, on the singing, uh, first up, music really played an important part for me. And I had a, I had a little music player, and I didn't listen to it all the time by any stretch, maybe for an hour a day or maybe an hour and a half. And like everything else on the Camino, it just, you know, songs that I'd heard a million times over and over, they just sounded much, much better. It's kind of like that feeling of, of when you first fall in love, how you get a better bounce in your step and everything's more beautiful and everything smells better. The music really, really resonated with me. And I found myself uh, at times, you know, just very, very unselfishly just singing, singing out loud with the, uh, uh, with the you know, along with my music player. As far as the flowers went, the just being connected with nature and being over there and appreciating the beauty of nature really resonated with me. And in a lot of the villages, the villages were a bit drab from time to time. But, man, all the porches had these beautiful flowers on them, and you could just really feel the life and the vibrancy uh, through them. And uh, it was really nice. Beautiful. And then um, there's other things you talked about, like blisters <laughs> from walking. <laughs> Talk about that chapter. Uh, about the blister chapter? Yes. Yeah, it was an interesting moment for me. Um, blisters are a part of life on the Camino. And after about the second day, people start very, uh, you know, you stay in these hostels together. So you're around a lot of walkers. And they start showing you their feet. And some of them are pretty disgusting and blisters happen. And I got to a point where I didn't have any blister problems. And on the ninth day, I stopped for a little break and I was giving myself a foot massage and I reached around the back of my heel and I I found a, a little bump. And it really kind of made me sad and it kind of brought me down. I was like, wow, how could this happen to me? And I, I just, everything had been so joyous and I really threw a pity party over this little blister. Well, I then started walking with a, a, a man from Germany and a woman from Salt Lake City. The guy had no money. He was walking the entire trail without a single cent in his pocket. And it just kind of put it in perspective to me of, of how thankful I should be that I was able to walk for nine days without a blister and how thankful I should be that I have, you know, some money in my pocket and that I have great family and I have great friends. And it just really allowed me to, to look at the positive side of things instead of the negative. The next day, I think that the blister took on a whole much more significance and it, it really was more of a humbling experience of realizing that I am just like everybody else. And no matter how well I prepare for things, I can't stop the bad blisters that life's going to deliver me in the future. And there are more things to, it's just adversity, you get over it, and you keep going forward. Yeah, absolutely. What would you like to leave our listeners with in terms of the message of your book? I think that the biggest message, and I'm probably going to sound a little bit repetitive here, but is to really get outside of your comfort zone and go for it. 
And mm-hmm. I would say, again, some of the messages I learned, just take worry. I didn't worry about a darn thing over there, and everything mm-hmm. everything worked out. And yeah. the more you let go of things, the more things will work out. You know, I found that that's a, that's a tough one for me. I mean, worrying is something that I think I've always done. But I, I when I let go, as you said, and just say, you know, it's going to be fine, and then I'll bump into somebody who is right there. I mean, a perfect example is that um, I have several radio programs, and I look for sponsors, and I went to a holiday lunch, I mean, just of, of, a, of a business group. And I sat next to people I hadn't met before, and before I knew it, we were talking, and now they're interested in being part of the program. I wasn't even looking for that, Kurt. I needed it, but I wasn't going in with that. That was what was amazing to me. Uh, Patricia, I, I have to say, when I was walking on this trail over there, that happened all the time. And it happened so much that I almost built up a little faith that I just knew things would work out. And this is the kind of trail, when you're walking along, if you twist your ankle, three people behind you is an orthopedic surgeon from the Mayo Clinic. Yeah. And that's just the way it seemed to work Isn't out. Isn't that amazing, huh? So it wow. is. And so it's just so like your like lunch it. there... I, I came home and I said, well, what do I worry about? And I actually made a list of the things I worry about after coming home. And I came up with 12 major things. I then immediately crossed eight of them off the list saying, these things are obviously beyond my control. And if they're beyond my control, why am I going to worry about them? Mm-hmm. And so then I came up with a list of three items. I then looked at the other side of the ledger. What am I happy about? What's working in my life? What's something yeah. I don't have to worry about? And that is the side of the equation that is gratitude, and it's unlimited. You have air to breathe. You have feet to walk on. You have a heartbeat. You have friends, family, shelter, animals, whatever it may be. And uh, so I've really tried to focus on that instead of the the things to worry about that you ultimately don't control. Mm, yeah, very, very well said. Very well said. And you travel and, and uh, give this message to a lot of people. I do. I really enjoy it. I get out there and I speak to all types of groups, to corporates, municipalities. I talk at libraries and rotary clubs and uh, all kinds of different groups. And I, I really enjoy it, and it seems to connect very well with the audiences. And people can get your book by going on to KurtKuntz.com, right? K-U-R-T-K-O-O-N-T-Z.com. That's correct. That's my main website, and then you can buy the book from uh, Amazon and iTunes, and it's available for the Nook. It's available electronic or uh, or paperback. Now, I do want to say before you go that I think this is really interesting, that you retired at 36, which most people don't do. That's really a gift. You know, it was very much a gift, and I'd like to make a, a point here. A lot of people ask me about that same deal because it is a very young age. First off, I I worked for a high-tech company. I did reasonably well. I'm not an Internet gazillionaire that just has so much money. I sleep on bricks of gold, and, you know, I have a Learjet that flies me to Tahiti when I want. (laughs) Instead, I at that point in time in my life, I really sat back and thought, what is more important, the time or the money? And Mm -hmm. I pared back my lifestyle, and I actually live on a – on a monthly income from some investments that would make most people blush in how tiny it is. And if you really pair back to, to what you need, you'll find you don't really need that much. 
And by giving myself the time to go and do these type of things and volunteer in my community and, and take adventurous trips and kind of pursue a different lifestyle, it's been so much more rewarding than, than the nine to five job of, you know, maybe working environment where you're not necessarily, you know, thrilled with the way things are working out and, and, and I think we also, I think everybody spends just a little bit more than they make, no matter how much they make. Mm. And when you recognize that, too, you, I just, I, I tried to make my life one where I value experience so much more than things. Yes. And I don't need things. I need experience. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. And thank you so much for being on the program. Again, the book is A Million Steps by Kurt Kuntz. And... It's your story of walking nearly 500 miles across Spain in 2012. And uh, really have enjoyed talking with you. We'll have to have you come back again. Oh, Patricia, thank you so much. I'm sorry for our technical difficulties. That's never happened before. But uh, uh, thank you so much for your patience, and you've been a, been a delightful host. Thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, okay. folks, I want to wish you a wonderful Christmas and New Year. And remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, next week, I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 